This episode of Conservative Ako is empowered by Trust Reproductive Health Choices. When you do it right with trust, enjoy ng walang pag-aalala. I keep bragging and saying that after a vasectomy, in fact, your sex life becomes more spontaneous and it becomes uh, much better. A man who has had uh, vasectomy, the fear is gone, so it's more spontaneous. Hi, I'm Dr. Rika Cruz, Puma Podcast. I'm a sex and relationships therapist, and for years, I've listened to women about their doubts, insecurities, and apprehension in sex. And what I tell them is this, you're okay, you're normal, your story is my story. Kaya dito sa conservative ako, kahit hindi naman talaga ako conservative, we talk about everything that you've always wanted to know about sex and female pleasure. Let's have each other embrace and unleash our inner sexy goddesses. This is our third season here at Conservative Ako. If you're an old listener, welcome back! <laughs> Over the past few seasons, we've discussed different aspects of sex. From masturbation, to the parts of the female genitalia, to oral sex and the importance of protection, to the first time you have sex and how to have a conversation around it. We also talked about consent and moving forward after sexual trauma and really explored what conservative means for different women. We also had an episode where we answered questions about sex that women can be too shy to ask in a different setting. So many personal stories from Filipinas and how they engage with their sexual selves in our first two seasons. Now, we are returning for a third season with this goal. Ang pasarapin pa ang ating relasyon with our partners. Kasama na rin dito ang usapan ng family planning, reproductive health, and responsible parenthood. But another important part of this conversation is the link between sexual satisfaction and your satisfaction with your relationship with your partner as a whole. Abangan yan! This season, we'll do something a little different. Dati, mas interview style ang podcast natin. I'd sit down with our guests and have a conversation with them. This time around, subukan naman natin ang documentary style podcast. Kasi mahilig kami mag-experiment. Starting with this episode. In this episode, kakamustahin natin ang RH Law 10 years after it's been passed. Why does this matter to us women? Alamin natin. In 2012, the RH Law, or the Responsible Parenthood and Reproductive Health Act, was enacted. Sa sobrang conservative ng Pilipinas, the RH Law took more than 13 years to pass from the first time it was filed in Congress. Ano nga ba ang ilan sa mahalagang papel ng RH Law? Well, one, pagre-require sa mga ospital na magbigay ng RH services. Two, 
pagtuturo ng sex ed in an age and development appropriate manner sa mga eskwelahan. And three, pamimigay ng libreng contraceptives. The law is anchored on these principles. Quote, The right to make free and informed decisions of every person, particularly couples, adult individuals, women and adolescents, including preference and choice for family planning methods and determination of ideal family size. The provision of effective and quality RH care services by the state that will lead to universal access to affordable and quality RH care and services. The provision of truthful information and education on RH and the preferential access to the poor and the marginalized. It's been a decade since the law was passed. Ano nga ba ang nagbago? Let's hear it from Dr. Juan Antonio Perez III. He's the former executive director of the Commission of Population and Development, or POPCOM. Meron tayong 110.3 million na bilang ng populasyon. Contextually, this is not what the, the population we expected we would have this year. No? Nag-project ang Philippine Statistics Authority that by this year, 2022, yung population should be around 112 million. So we are around 2 million lower than our expected population. Itong trend na ito ay namalas natin mula pa noong year 2000, ano, around the third of the century. Pababa ng pababa yung growth rate natin at yung tinatawag na fertility rate ay bumababa na from 3.3 at the turn of the century naging 2.7 na lang ito noong 2017. Uh, ibig sabihin ng fertility rate, ito yung bilang ng anak ng isang babae sa kanyang reproductive life. no So 2.7 meaning roughly 3 children ang uh, isang pamilyang Pilipino with husband and wife. One possible way to look at these numbers is that women, it seems, now have more control over their fertility. Yay! Ibig sabihin nito, yung desired fertility ng kababaihan, ibig sabihin, pag isurvey mo sila, ilang anak ang gusto mo? Sasabihin nila dalawa hanggang tatlo lamang. Pag tanungin mo yung lalaki, sasabihin niya tatlo hanggang apat. Para sa akin, ito'y pahiwatig na nasusunod na yung kababaihan sa bilang ng anak na gusto nila. In a way, a triumph for uh, sexual reproductive health and rights ng kababaihan. But it is also being pushed by the fact na nung panahon ng COVID ay bumaba yung nagpapakasal. So in a way, the RH law has helped more women be aware of what they want for themselves and gain more autonomy over their body. But it's undeniable that the COVID crisis also had a huge impact on fertility rates. Nung nag-survey ang SWS noong November 2020, tinanong ang kababaihan, anong problema mo ngayong panahon ng COVID? Ang problemang sinabi ng kababaihan sa kalagitnaan ng COVID ay number one, unplanned pregnancy. Ayaw nilang mabuntis sa panahon ng COVID. Noong uh, 2020, bumaba ang bilang ng nanganap from 1.6 million the year before to 1.5 million. 
Bastos slight decrease in the first year of COVID in, in number of births. However, noong 2021, bumulusok pa further, 1.3 million na lang. Nandyan yung uh, takot na pumunta sa mga health center. Nandyan yung uh, kababaihan din na tinitingnan ng problema, yung teen pregnancy. So yung dalawang yon. Pero malaki rin yung bilang ng kababaihan na uh, natatakot sa violence, physical violence in particular, in the middle of COVID. So yun yung dalawang iniiwa problema ang nakikita ng kababaihan. So that led, I believe, to uh, a higher demand for reproductive health services nung panahon ng COVID, katulad ng family planning. Ibig sabihin, pinagpapatuloy ng kababaihan yung trend nila para sa mas maliit na pamilya. That is probably a sign also na nagwo-work to some extent yung family planning services sa health center. If anything, yung family planning services ang na-maintain ng local governments. At this point, nalaman na natin kung paano natulak ng pandemya ang maraming Pilipina na mag-seek ng reproductive health services, lalo na sa kanilang LGU. Ngayon, puntahan naman natin ang paksa ng paggamit mismo ng contraceptives pagdating sa family planning, isa sa pinakamahalagang bahagi ng RH law. What goes into how Filipinas and Filipinos view such methods? Well, the, the RH law uh, is, is certainly helpful. I mean, it, it really established for the first time in the Philippines that using contraceptives is normal and, you know, not a uh, taboo thing. That is Hayam Bolande, the country director for the Philippines of DKT International, one of the largest providers of affordable family planning products in the world. And one brand under DKT that many are familiar with is Trust. In public health facilities in particular, all across the nation, you know, this is now a normal thing. But, of course, some local government units implement the law's requirements more actively and vigorously than others. So in terms of distribution of contraceptives, I think it's definitely been helpful. But on the education side, I think the impact has been lower than those who drafted the law would have hoped for. However, there is some reason to celebrate. The contraceptive prevalence rate in the Philippines, speaking broadly, is it's lower than in most developed countries, but it's on the relative high end of developing countries. More than 40% of Filipinos who are of reproductive age are using some form of modern contraception. However, there's still a lot of unmet need. That means uh, unmet need is a technical term that means people have expressed through surveys that they, they're interested in using contraception, but they're not currently using it. At ano ang dahilan kung bakit hindi sila gumagamit ng contraceptives? People are concerned about budget. You know, sometimes those who uh, are in this unmet need category are, have very low disposable income. Whether it's true or not, they have a perception that using contraception is expensive and they feel they may not be able to afford it. Another barrier is a lot of forms of contraception. You need the assistance of a healthcare provider, either a doctor or a midwife. Uh, sometimes access to those 
can be either scary or uh, just inconvenient. And there's also concern about cost sometimes too. Although free services are available from government health centers. Other factors that can play in here is, uh, you know, sometimes there's disagreement between the two members of the couple about use of contraception. Maybe the woman's interested, but their partner is not. You know, there needs to be some sort of consensus between the two usually, and that can be a barrier. But I think the most destructive aspect that we're really concerned a lot about here at DKT is young people becoming sexually active and become just simply being unaware of contraception. Education about contraception as a possibility tends to come after they've already experienced a pregnancy. And in many cases here in the Philippines, because there's a high teen pregnancy rate, that discovery happens after an, an accidental pregnancy. So how can we tackle these challenges? How can more women and men learn more about contraceptive methods? Non-government organizations and the private sectors are helping out. For example, at DKT, this is what they're doing. We're trying to compensate as best we can for the absence of sexual education in school by making the same information available online. We have a number of different Facebook pages including Trust Pinai, which uh, targets women. We have Trust Condoms web page, uh, Facebook page. We have the Do It Right Facebook page and the Do It Right web page. Doitright.ph is a website that's kind of like a Wikipedia of sex and reproductive health, uh, where young people can go, anyone, anyone, but you know, we, we hope young people will go there, to answer any question they have. They can type any, any question into the, the question bar, just like they're using Wikipedia, and find factual, scientific, and reliable inf- information about any topic. It doesn't have to be contraception. It can be just, you know, how does orgasm work? It can be the menstrual cycle. Women have questions about the menstrual cycle. It can be just about about things related to pleasure, you know, using toys for sex and all kinds of things. So we're doing the best we can, but obviously it it takes the young person or the the sexually active person a little effort to go in search of information. Aminin natin, it's so much easier to have sex than to access sex ed or contraceptives. Which is why DKT also uses their online platforms to make contraceptives more accessible. The difficult part, I think, is that a lot of the unmet need is in more rural areas where to go to the nearest drugstore or to the nearest clinic, they're going to have to take a tricycle ride or a motorbike ride for more than a half an hour. And what we've been doing lately is trying to develop a website that's specifically designed for them called Easy Reach. And this website is supposed to be kind of like a, a Lazada or a, or a Shopee for contraception that is designed for people in those communities who can't you know, walk, walk into a Mercury or Watson's in their neighborhood. They can buy the contraceptives for delivery to their home uh, or to wherever they want it delivered for the sake of discretion and privacy. And they can, if they need a prescription, if they want to use oral contraceptive pills, for example, they can also get the prescription on their phone. What do online shopping and reproductive health have in common? It's empowering to know your options. Bukod sa condoms, marami pang ibang contraceptives. 
Just like us here at Conservative Ako, Trust Reproductive Health Choices believes it's your right to choose the contraceptive that's best for you, your lifestyle, and your needs. Consult your doctor and don't be shy to ask about your options. You deserve to do it right with Trust Reproductive Health Choices. Learn more at www.doitright.ph or follow Do It Right PH on Facebook. Once again, thank you Trust Reproductive Health Choices for supporting this episode and the reproductive health in the Philippines. And now, back to the episode. So the private sector really is doing its part. Yay! And we also have government policies in place. Pero hindi lang ito ang may power over our sexual health. As individuals, we can make informed decisions about what we want to happen to our bodies. Women should be able to have a say in family planning, whether it be through natural methods or contraceptives like pills, vaginal contraceptive film products, or IUDs or injectables. Ikaw dapat ang magde-decide nun. Iba rin yung peace of mind, di ba? When you have sex with the knowledge that it won't lead to an unplanned pregnancy, mas ma-enjoy mo to. At, syempre, mas mabibigay mo ang iyong inner sexy goddess. Of course, the man also has an important role in family planning. Hindi naman pwedeng puro sa babae na lang, di ba? Alam naman natin na may contraceptives din para sa kanila. We're very familiar with condoms na may iba't-ibang flavor, iba't-ibang design, at minsan, glow-in-the-dark pa. And there's one more procedure that's an option for men. Pero parang hindi natin ito masyadong pinag-uusapan. Let's talk about vasectomy with our next resource person. I'm uh, Dr. John D. Flavier, and uh, currently, I have a hobby, which is a cooperative. It's called Seamen. The Cooperative Movement for Encouraging NSV or No Scalpel Vasectomy. For males, I like the the natural family planning because it really uh, requires uh, the couple to have uh, better communication. So that's one method that involves the males. The other one is the condom, very, very, very temporary uh, for the night lang or for the day. And then the vasectomy, which is long-term or uh, permanent. So ano nga ba ang vasectomy? Basically, according to PlannedParenthood.org, it's a surgery where the small tubes in a man's scrotum which carry the sperm are cut or blocked off. This way, the sperm can't leave his body and cause pregnancy. And there are many benefits that come with vasectomy. Some women may not feel good when they use one method. Some are bothered by the requirements or uh, it becomes cumbersome or they experience difficulty using a family planning method. So for those cases, some men or I hope more men are encouraged to use male methods, condoms, uh, work with their wife for natural family planning, or at best, when they have achieved their desired family size, try to uh, have a no-scalpel vasectomy. No-scalpel vasectomy compared to the traditional old-school vasectomy is less intrusive and heals quicker. Mas okay, di ba? 
May kwento nga si Doc John D na yung mga nagpapavasectomy na magsasaka on the same day that they get the surgery, they're back in the fields working. Parang kagat lang ng langgam. Uh, you can imagine, if you use a knife cutting through the skin, the chances of bleeding or hitting uh, a blood vessel or whatever is higher versus a cut, a puncture, which you can use to just push aside many of the structures so there's no cutting, less uh, trauma. And because it's simpler, because it's easier to do, uh, it also costs much less. It's a surgical process that is done as quickly as a trip to the grocery. Minsan, mas mahaba pa yung pila sa grocery. But men who adopt this method are still quite few. When we started in the year 2000, we were only reaching 20 uh, men in the whole Philippines in a year. With the program, it increased to around 200 per year for the whole country, uh, now we're averaging around 2,000 per year. It's a fairly good increase from 20 to 200 to 2,000, but we have to put that against a backdrop where there are over 2 million women and couples who say, we no longer want to get pregnant, we want a method that's uh, permanent. So there are Two million of those couples and women, and we're only reaching 2,000 a year. So it's uh, a drop in the bucket lang. We need to do more. Pero bakit nga ba kakaunti ang mga lalaking nagpapavasectomy? When I talk to my uh, psychiatrist friends and those uh, involved in the social sciences, they give two constraining factors. Number one is the fact that um, even now, the Philippines is generally an agricultural uh, nation. And when you talk about a procedure on uh, the testicles of the men, they immediately associate that with your pet dog or the carabaos, the pigs, etc. in the farm. And that procedure, as I mentioned earlier, is entirely different. So they look at what's done on animals, the castration, and that's very frightening for the average man. But for vasectomy, we do not touch or remove the testicles. It's, it remains in the man. We only tie uh, the tube. The other uh, psychiatric, psychological issue is uh, uh, in our country, um, it's still a practice to be circumcised. And that's one of the first traumatic experiences of uh, boys or even young men. As for what can be done to encourage them... When you have better role models, it becomes easier to promote the method. Uh, in our work, uh, we like the snowball effect. Now, when we have more men having a vasectomy, you have more men sharing their experience and assuaging the fears and addressing the misconceptions that men may have. We've talked about the RH law, sex ed, and different methods of contraception. Pero ang promise namin, this season of Conservative Ako, will be devoted to helping our listeners have better loving relationships with their partners. Ano nga bang koneksyon ng contraceptives sa masarap na pagsasamahan? I keep bragging and saying that after vasectomy, in fact, 
your sex life becomes more spontaneous and it becomes uh, much better. Uh, let me try to explain that a little. When I ha- had not had a vasectomy and my wife and I would uh, make love, there's still the fear. Even when we use contraceptives, there would be that fear that my wife would get pregnant. If she gets pregnant, uh, that will be uh, more expenses. And when the child is born, additional expenses. And then uh, the child will be going to school, studying more uh, expenses again. Uh, you don't even reach studying. You're still in the infancy of your baby and uh, you don't feel too happy to have sex anymore. <laughs> so unlike a man who has had uh, vasectomy, the fear is gone. So it's more spontaneous. Number two, for women who do not want to get pregnant and who are sexually active, the point of fertility is when you are most comfortable having sex. When you ovulate, your secretions are designed so that you're lubricated, you feel more sensitive, your body is more excitable and the like. So in short, it's when the woman is most fertile that sex is uh, better. But if you're avoiding that pregnancy, you avoid the time that your wife or partner is really more ready to have sex. Unlike people like me who have had a vasectomy, when my wife is ready and it's that time of the month that she's more excitable, we can have sex or make love because there's no fear of pregnancy anymore. Knowing more about our bodies and options through sex ed puts our minds at ease. Hindi lang sa unplanned pregnancy, pero pati na rin sa sexually transmitted infections. Kapag mas bukas tayo sa usaping sex, contraceptives, at sexual health, alam natin ang choices natin. Mas mapoprotektahan rin natin ang mga katawan natin. We can still be conservative, yet have all this knowledge to base our decisions on. Like we always say here at Conservative Ako, ang pagiging conservative ay nasa atin. We define what conservative means for us. We make our own rules as we experience things to enjoy life and to protect ourselves. As long as we're not hurting anyone, especially our own body. Remember, it's our body, our own sexual selves, our own lives. Hence, it's our choice. And that was the first episode of Conservative Ako Season 3. Again, this is Doc Rico Cruz, Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Faith Navarro with editorial assistance from Carl Joe Javier and Trisha Aquino. It was put together by Carl Sayat. Salamat muli sa aming guests, Dr. John D. Flavier, Dr. Juan Antonio Perez III, and Mr. Hayam Bolandes.